L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. I'm Alex Schulte. And I'm Jake Trumper. And this is the promo for our brand new podcast, One Word Stories. Where we take one word. Like fear. That's kind of dark. Or spaghetti. Well, I don't know if we're going to do an entire episode about spaghetti. Are you hooked yet? I hope so. Whoa. I just noticed that we keep speaking in unison. How do we stop? Oh, wow. It's still happening. Okay, what just happened? I don't know. It's like we've been spending way too much time together and we're starting to finish each other's... I quit. What? I just don't get it. What's not to get? So I just get one word and talk about it? Who cares? I care. Give me a word. Middle school. That's two words. You get the gist. Okay, one time in middle school, a girl hid in the bathroom during the school dance specifically so I wouldn't have to ask her to dance with me. Okay, I'm starting to understand why you didn't want to do this. One Word Stories. We're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. Okay, Okay, I I think that that was was a good take. take. Wait, Wait, no. Why does this keep happening? LAS. friends it's naomi welcome to another episode of the ruckus with naomi ruckus rose uh most of you probably um know this already from our last episode hopefully we have some repeat listeners here today but the ruckus is all about talking talking about topics that generally get us in trouble in the facebook or instagram comment sections (laughs) Things that people are super opinionated about. And so with the goal of this show is to talk about these things, get to the bottom of things, learn about these things, try to break down stigmas, um, and hopefully create a better comment section in the world (laughs) moving forward. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Uh, If you don't know this already, you should. Uh, The Ruckus is part of a network of podcasts here in Cedar Rapids called the LAS Podcast Network. Um, You can learn more about them and all of the other fantastic podcasts out there that we have um, by going to LASPodcastNetwork.com. But wait, there's more. Uh, We have perks and we have bonus episodes and cool content for people who want to... Uh, support local podcasters. Uh, we call this program LAS Plus. So uh, consider it. Consider supporting the local artists, the local content creators that um, put their put their brains together and their talents together to create these fantastic podcasts. Um, go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus to learn more and get signed up. Um I would like to ask you all for a favor. This podcast is brand new. um, And one of the best things that you can do to help a brand new podcast is to give us reviews, good reviews. Um, If you have a bad review, maybe just message me privately and chew me out. But um, don't do it in the the review section. (laughs) 
give us give us a five star review. Tell us why you like us. It really helps other people be able to uh, find us. It, it it feeds it feeds the algorithm. Um, and unfortunately, we have to feed that beast every once in a while. So do us a favor, would ya? Thank you. I have a wonderful guest today that I'm super excited to uh, t- to talk with and to have you listen to. Let's let's just get right into it, shall we? <laughs> Welcome. This is my friend Katie. I um I guess I'll give a I I've known you for like over a decade. And um I think god, I just think I want you to introduce like you know how people say give us an elevator pitch of like, you know, who you are. Like maybe give like a 60 second pitch about who you are, what you do, and um and then we'll dive into to good nitty-gritty conversations. Sure. So I'm Katie, and one of the reasons I was invited on this show is I happen to be transgender, and that'll be in some of the topics we're going to discuss today. So one of the unique things is I happen to be a transgender Christian, and I've had some unique experiences because of that. Um, So I do, I am active in creating content online on YouTube, Patreon, Locals, making videos and content to, to support transgender people and also transgender Christians. Um, I try not to monopolize any of my platforms with either of those two things. I try to mix it up a little. Um, so I'm, I'm, like th- I'm 39 years old. I'm a professional. I'm in sales. I do business-to-business capital equipment sales. So, you know, this isn't what I do for a living, you know, like, like being a grifter and, you know, making podcasts and, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> getting a- online. Um we all have our side hustles, right? Yeah, we do. We do. But, um, you know, of course you can tell. I'm a little nervous. I'm not used to being on a podcast. but um, I'm right there with you. This is brand new to me, too. So, I mean, we're doing this together. <laughs> so, you know, as far as, you know, who and what I am, you know, I'm a transgender woman. I'm just kind of a normal person. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's part of my, um, the platform that I work on is is normalizing the LGBTQIA plus community is, mm-hmm. you know, getting the message out there that we're not monsters. We're not <laughs> something to be scared of. Yes. We're just ordinary people. We have jobs. We, we often have families or, you know, we have ordinary lives. Yes. I, one thing that I hate about podcasts in general is, um, you know, when they like use terms or phrases that they automatically assume that the general public knows the meaning of and um I at least I find myself in that situation a lot I'm like okay pause I need to google <laughs> what the hell they're talking about so I I feel like it's obvious that by now that people should know what you know the term lgbtq plus means but I my goal is to have people that don't know what that kind of st- like I I want people that have no idea um, to have a grasp. So um, maybe, again, a little nutshell of describing that term t- for people that don't sure. know yet. So, you know, we have the different letters. So L is, of course, lesbian. Um, G would be gay. B, bisexual. T, transgender. That happens to be what I focus on. I is intersex. 
um, and that is something else that I, I have some friends that are intersex, so I do kind of cover some of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I left Q out, but Q would be queer or questioning. Mm-hmm. And then A is asexual. Mm-hmm. And then plus can get into um, kind of a whole variety of, of, you know, there's a spectrum of identities out sure. there. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, um, this is like, like I try to tell everybody, like I'm learning these topics along with everybody else. Um, if someone were to like, uh, I guess blanket statement is when, when we hear the word queer, like, is that an overarching, uh, like instead of saying like LGBTQ plus, you know, I, I mistakenly left out the I and the A, um, does, does queer, like, wh- help me with the language, sure. I guess. Queer is, um, it's kind of an umbrella term that covers okay. a, a broad spectrum of identities that I guess would be non-conforming. Mm-hmm. So whether it's gender non-conforming, whether it's gender identity or gender presentation, or it could even be um, sexuality, sexual orientation. Okay, you yeah. know, so somebody who... You know, whose uh, sexual orientation doesn't fall into any particular category, especially heterosexual. Okay, yeah. So I know, like, when I was growing up back in the 1980s as a child, it was uncommon to hear people refer to themselves or other people as gay or homosexual. They'd be called queer. Okay, yeah. That that was a term that was more widely in use, and and it had a very broad application. Okay. Um, People today tend to use it a little more specifically. So if, if they feel they don't fit into a particular um, niche, they they might identify as queer. Okay. And then the Q can also mean questioning, yep. right? Like people that don't, they're still exploring. They're right. still right. trying to land where sure. they are, right? Yep. I, I, I also I, didn't know that. Right. And I've even seen the acronym have two Qs in it just to, oh. just to address that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were a, a Christian as well. Yeah. Um, this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you in particular. I um, I would classify myself as a, a deconstructing or deconstructed Christian. Yep. My views have drastically changed from what I grew up believing or what I was spoon-fed to believe. Yep. Um, and I don't really mean that with ju- judgment towards my parents or leaders it's, it's just the situation it's just what it was right. you know yep. um I was spoon-fed these beliefs uh I grew up learned a lot of things got shat on by a lot of people in the church and uh a huge long story short now I'm here on I don't want to say the other side but a different side of Christianity I even struggle to use the term sometimes just because of what it has evolved to in some people's minds you know so um I can't speak for I won't speak for every single church out there obviously because there are some churches that are doing fabulous things um and um doing what I feel Jesus came to the world to do is love everybody regardless like love everybody period there's no love this what is it love the Sinner hate the sin. Like that right. doesn't, that didn't come out of Jesus's mouth, you know? Right. So, but my churches that I grew up in, like they, they made gay kids not come to church. They kicked them out of the youth group. They told them not to bring their boyfriends to church. Yeah. You know, like we were, they were 
you're gone. You know, if, if you aren't a cis person that, you know, will follow the set of stereotypes that we've given to, you know, by, and, um, it had, has lasting damage effects, damaging yes. effects on people. And, um, I want to do a whole episode on trauma sometime, but like we all view trauma as like, um, you know, I was in a car crash or I was sexually assaulted or whatever, but like just, just every day, little micro, um, elements of hate and exclusion builds up into huge trauma in our brains. And so I can only imagine I don't know. I don't. I can't. I don't even know how to wrap my brain around it. How? Um, I'll be blunt. How are you a Christian and trans at the same time? What does that mean to you? Sure. So, first, I'll say that I, I'm probably not far off from where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would. I don't often use the word deconstructed or deconstructing, but that's mm-hmm. probably an accurate um, adjective to describe where I'm at in terms of my faith. Okay. Is I think that reevaluating might be a better term. I like that, yeah. Um, you know, I don't feel that I'm not a Christian, but I feel that what I was taught and the way I was taught to view people and society and groups of people, I've really had to reevaluate it over the last uh, three or four years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that I found, especially when I first came out and I was trying to reconcile everything, was... I was very isolated. Um, you know, I had I had be, been part of like really fundamentalist groups. You know, my, my peer group was like really conservative, fundamentalists. And when I knew that I couldn't run from who I was anymore and I had to start addressing things in my life and get honest with myself mm-hmm. and with others, it was scary because I, I felt I was, I was caught between two very different groups that were mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> so I was afraid that the Christians would reject me for being transgender and the transgender people would reject me for being Christian. Ooh, you know what? I've never thought of that viewpoint before, but hell yes. Like that, that's like coming on both sides, man. Yeah. And actually, and this is one of the, this is one of the most amazing things and it's what pulled me out of my shell and got me to stop being so isolated with my, my social circle was it was actually some, um, like, I had some really good atheist friends, and I had some really, I had this really awesome friend of mine up in um, up in the Portland area. She is a, a Unitarian Universalist minister up there. And even though we don't see eye to eye on religious stuff, mm-hmm. she really helped to challenge me on why do I believe what I believe? Mm-hmm. Why do I see people the way I see them? And we spent... A fair amount of time discussing things, and she's kind of more old school. She grew she grew up in like the '60s, and she went through like really intensive um, conversion therapy that Ugh. like really traumatized her very severely. Yeah, and she's become an outspoken advocate up in up in the Pacific Northwest, and she's really good at challenging your thoughts and your perceptions of things and getting you to think about things. And so. Yeah. You know, she didn't really try to, like, convert me away from Christianity, and I'm glad she didn't. Yep. Um, but she did get me to think more objectively. Yeah. And, like, to get my mind out of 
contemporary church culture. Yeah. And realize that there are some amazing people out there that may not, you know, live or think the way I do. Yeah. And yeah, so as far as how, how I became or how I reconciled, I guess. Yeah. Um, being a transgender Christian was, of course, I was already a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, had been since the age of 15. I'm currently um, 39, if anyone's wondering. But mm-hmm. um, so I was 36 when I came out. And I was like, what do I do? And what what does Christianity say about this? Or, yeah. or I guess more specifically, what does the Bible say? Was that um, kind of like your, I don't want to say your first step, but was that like, I imagine like coming out has like really big like bullet points. I would assume like for, I was, I would, I would be thinking like for someone who identifies as a Christian, like that's gotta be like a huge first hurdle. Like was that like, was that one of the first big, like let's reconcile with, or let's, let's dissect what God would say about me. Yeah. Well, so many things happen so quickly. Like, like a few years ago, I got to ski on a mountain for the first time up in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I'm used to Iowa. I'm used to like sundown and Galena. <laughs> yes. And like, you are just flying down this mountain. Like uh. even on the easiest slopes, you're going so fast. And there's so much stuff coming at you. <gasps> and that's kind of what coming out was like, was like so many things were happening so quickly, simultaneously. And you're just reacting. Oh, geez. Like, like as quickly as you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a big thing. Yeah. And, you know, so I... One of the first things was I, I got active on this platform called QAura. So it's like this question and answer platform where people post yes. up questions and people can answer. Okay, and yeah. so I met who is now a very good friend of mine. Her name's Jamie. She's over in the Omaha area. And she was and still is a, a transgender Christian. I actually spoke to her this morning. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of discussions online. Um, a lot of private exchanges and, you know, later phone calls and stuff. And I've even stopped by and visited her in person while I was traveling for work. And oh, nice. she really helped sort, helped me to sort through things, mm-hmm. you know, topic by topic and, you know, get through. Is this nature? Is it nurture? Yeah. You know, am I to blame for who I am? Is God to blame or other people to blame? Like, yeah. You know, and so one of the things she brought up was, um, you know, there's, there's a story, I think it's in, I wish I had notes here in front of me, but I think it's in the Gospel of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's John, but, you know, Jesus, somebody brings a blind guy to him and, he, you know, he's born blind. And yes. people are like, well, who sinned that this guy was born blind? Is it his fault or did his parents sin? Oh, yeah, yeah. I rem- yeah, yeah. I remember that story. And so, you know, like the moral of the story, I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but the moral of the story was, you know, Jesus says that, you know, he was born this way so that the works of God could be manifested and, and God could be glorified. Mm-hmm. And this was essentially the story of this lady was, you know, she went through her life struggling until she was in her 60s. Came to the, you know, that same brick wall that I did that I can't continue my life as I've been because the conflict has gotten to the point where I, I literally can't live with this anymore. Yeah. Um, so she came out, she transitioned, her life just totally deconstructed and, you know, lost her spouse and her kids Ugh. didn't want to be around her for oh, a long time. Gosh. Um, but through all that, she was able to help a lot of people. She's yeah. spoken at like some local high schools and local college groups. And, mm-hmm. um, and so 
you know, she said, you know, throughout all the years I was working and I had a career and I had my marriage and I had all these things that I, I valued so much. I didn't feel like I was doing the things I was supposed to be doing. Like I, I felt like I was mm-hmm. called by God to help people. Yeah. And, you know, like there's this term, like you hear in the church culture a lot, like bearing fruit. <laughs> yes. And like, I'm sure like both of us have heard that term a lot, yep. but, but she says, you know, I didn't feel like I was bearing any fruit. I, I you know, like I was alive, but I wasn't producing anything. I wasn't, yep. I wasn't affecting the world around me in a, in a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And she says, after I came out, I was, you know, I was able to talk to other, you know, especially young people in the community, you know, who were struggling with gender identity, transitioning, family and friends who didn't understand, you know, even, you know, medical personnel that didn't understand, like, why should I be treating this person? Why is this important? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's found a lot of satisfaction, you know, late in life. Yeah. Doing something that she was terrified of her whole life yeah you know she she avoided it just you know and I did too I avoided it until I felt like I I couldn't avoid it anymore yep so that was kind of the the path toward reconciliation and of course there's a lot of you know personal time that I spent yeah searching things out you know and I I was reading medical journals I was reading you know literally any source I could find yeah like you know because the question is there why why am I like this why just why? Yeah. And I don't know that we want to make this show about like the theological aspect of, of like being trans and what does it mean? But, sure. you know, the conclusion I came to, and I've got videos um, on YouTube if we want to talk about YouTube stuff, but. Yeah. Also, please give people a shout out or like shout out your own shows. So sure. Can yeah. Find so you. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Trans Refuge. You can find it on there. I've also got, um, I copy and paste everything over onto Patreon and onto Locals. Um, Patreon is katie at transrefuge.org, and then Locals is transrefuge. Okay. Um, but I, I cover that in some of my videos. It's like, what does the Bible say about transgender people? How should we think about it? And, I, you know, I try not to make it specifically geared just to transgender people. Like, I, I even want the doubting and the questioning people who are like, what What should I think of transgender people? And what should I even say to them? Yeah. So I try to address that in the videos, too. Yeah. Like, you know, approach it from a perspective of just anybody that could be jumping on YouTube and, and wondering, what, what should I think? Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that, and I found a lot of... Found a lot of peace doing that, you know, because I think one of the struggles that a lot of, you know, just LGBTQ people in general struggle with is purpose. You know, why am I different? Why am I not like, you know, the majority of the people that I encounter every day? And if you, you know, if you don't have a positive feeling about who and what you are, like you were saying about like the microaggressions that build up over time. Yep. You know, that internal doubt and the internal, um, you know, insecurity about who you are, it it affects you in some really negative ways over time. Yeah, like I, I was messaging you about this a little bit um, when we were setting this whole meeting up about how, how I'm, I just get kind of irritated when certain statistics get shared on like Instagram posts or Facebook posts or whatever saying these blanket statements like 
such and such percent of people that are transgender um, are more apt to have all these mental health issues or are more apt to, you know, all these like um, real struggles that are based around mental health. And first of all, I get super pissed because I'm like, okay, a lot of straight people are dealing with all this shit too. Um, so let's just say that all of us have mental health issues. Also, why do you think that a person who is living in a body that that doesn't set right with their soul, like, don't you think that would be torment? Don't you think that you would be fucking depressed and just like, like, I, and it's hard for me. I haven't had those feelings. I'm a cis gendered woman um but you know I have other aspects of my life where I was living especially with my super hardcore Christian days where I was living in um a quote quote truth it was a false truth I was living my false truth um and just feeling like garbage the whole time and I would say um my more uh medically I was treated for depression quite often in my um young adult and adult life um, I was also very active in the church during those times too. <laughs> That's another podcast episode. <laughs> but um, when I kind of just decided like I am living someone else's ideals and it's making them happy, yep. but I feel like the fruit, like you were talking about, that I'm producing is is rotten apples. They It doesn't come from my tree. I'm buying produce from someone else's tree and giving it to people claiming it as mine. This is not my expression. This is not who I am on the inside. And just me as, you know, a privileged cis white girl, that was hard enough for me to live in my depression. So, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure people that are transgender, you know, that statistic might be true that that you know I don't even know what this the number or the percentage was I don't even care I I mean I care but I just I'm just being snarky against those posts I uh I want people to just be like where did they get that information from what questions did they ask who is funding this research and um does this statistic apply to other demographics as well you know like and it kind of goes to the to the point of um kind of like the previous episode that I recorded about um like cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias you know like we have this predetermined um idea of what a transgender person is or how they come to be or um all these I don't know. We just have this fantasy in our head um, that we're spoon fed from, in my case, from my Christian conservative church that, um, God, I'm just, I'm just like rambling. I'm so irritated because like it, it feeds false information and it, it feeds your, your, your confirmation bias. Like I already have these sets of views sure. in my head. And so when I see stats like that, I just accept it. And I keep waving my flag, like all transgender people are wrong and God hates them. You know, like I was one of those people way back then. Like I've, I'm like, I'm so, I apologize to like everybody that I've like said, well, God loves you, but he doesn't approve of, of, right. of your, yeah. what I called lifestyle, you know? Well, and I was one of those people too. 
I wondered. And, I was going to ask you if you would be vulnerable enough and, to ask, if I could ask you that. <laughs> you know, and you know, the term is internalized transphobia, and it's something yes. that a lot of us deal with. Um, but the reason I felt okay doing that for so long was, you know, so I knew there was something different about me from about the age of two. It's like my very earliest mm-hmm. memories. Like I knew something's off. Something's yeah. not right. My body is configured like incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was the central focus of it. And it was always there. Like yeah. there, there was never a point in my life where it just suddenly appeared. Yep. And so when I got older and I got involved in like really conservative fundamentalist churches and, you know, doing that stuff, what I was hearing is, well, transgender people, they're, I think I need to be careful about what words we use on this <laughs> podcast, but there are people that do bad things yep. to certain groups of people, usually like minors. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like certain proclivities that are immoral, you know, things like right. this. And so I was like, like I was looking at this list of things that these people are supposed to be in. I was thinking, well, that's not me. Yeah. That's not me. That's not me. That's not. Okay. So like, I must not be transgender. So. Yeah. I don't fit all these bad things. Right. Right. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't know what I am and what this conflict is that I have, but I, but I'm not transgender. Yeah. So therefore I can feel okay judging them. Mm, yeah. And, but, you know, going back to the statistics, what you're saying about like de- depression and, um, I don't know if we can use the, the S-U-I-C I was dancing word. around that word as well. Um, um, but thoughts of like self-harm. There you go. I think yep. we can maybe talk about that. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of those numbers are probably valid. Mm-hmm. Just just from my own experience and people I've talked to, mm-hmm. um, some of the studies are coming from, you know, valid institutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you're saying, like when you feel different from everyone or at least most people you know 99% of the people you meet are not you know they're cisgender yeah and you know over time you know that feeling of being very different and being separated and being isolated it it does develop feelings in you that can be very negative yeah and you know like I did the worst thing possible and got involved in you know churches that like condemned everything yeah um but one of my videos you know i address this with there's the canaanite woman who uh so one of the feelings that like i had for a long time is i shouldn't exist oh like why why was i allowed to exist in the you know in the state like why why was this allowed to happen you know i'm i'm like an abomination like why me yeah um so I address this in one of my videos where I talk about this lady. She's she's a Canaanite woman, and if you know if you've read like the Old Testament, like the the Hebrews are supposed to wipe out the Canaanites. So already this lady shouldn't exist. Yep. She was a woman from from the region of um, Tyre, and if you look in, I think it's in Isaiah, it says that the daughters of of Tyre were supposed to be wiped out. Oh, so like she's like doubly, double. <laughs> yeah, she's like doubly condemned. She shouldn't even exist. Jeez, and. When she's asking Jesus for help, like the apostles, they're all like shouting at Jesus, like, tell her to shut up. Like, get this lady to get out of here. She's annoying. Get her to shut up. Yeah. And Jesus does something that I think is a little surprising, but I think what he was doing was to try to show people how he treated her the way they wanted him to treat them, Mm -hmm. to treat her, so that they could see what was really in their heart. And so he's like, you know, 
I didn't, I'm not going to give the children's bread to the dogs. You know, but then she has this response. It's really amazing. She says, yes, Lord, but even the dogs get crumbs from the master's table. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and his response was, your faith is great. You know, and this, you know, I think is a good picture for anybody who's struggling with some kind of identity crisis where they're like, I'm something that everybody says shouldn't exist. Yeah. Or is bad or evil or wicked or, you know, whatever the word is that they yeah. want to use. And Jesus applauded her faith and said, you know, your faith is great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, inferring that the behavior of the people who are condemning her was really the opposite. It was the lack, it was the opposite of faithful. Yeah. Um, and I think, gosh, I don't want to like monopolize the whole show. No, I'm just like, I'm enthralled. I like, I, one little, one little thing that I, you know, I've heard that story growing up, like, but I honestly didn't know that she was that hated, you know, like, um, you know how Sunday school stories are. It's just right, like right. the fluffy yeah. version or whatever. Um, and I, I, I notice something throughout Jesus's, uh, accounts in the Bible. Um, he, he didn't, he didn't necessarily ask this woman to explain herself or the woman at the well that was, you right. know, oh, a little hussy or whatever, you know, sleeping or I don't know. We had all these horrible words to condemn her. Um, he didn't really ask for an explanation either. You no. know, it's just you are who you are. I love you. I not that he doesn't care about the rest, but, you know, for just being blunt, I don't care about the rest. It's just you like whoever you are, whatever expression you want to um be what other whatever gender whatever it, it's just you like the the core and it's just so sad to me that so many people have to change or at least hide or disguise the real you inside and how they also need to have the have the burden of explaining all the time and um I just feel like so many conversations based around church that I've had when I've, you know, kind of went along my own way. I I feel like I have to explain myself. I feel like I need to be understood all the time. I feel like I need to be respected all the time. And, um, but then if you go and look at Jesus's life and his walk with people who didn't quite fit in, the people who were different, he didn't care, you know, it was, oh. it was opposite of what we see, of what I have seen in churches, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wonder if, um, well, I guess, have you, have you stepped away from church or have you found a new church-like community? Like, what does that look like for you now? So back in early 2020, I was attending a local church and, I was I was not out publicly yet, okay. but I was transitioning and I was outed, and oh. and things got really things got really tense. So that is so cruel. It, it was really cruel. And what happened was, and I'm I'm going to try not to like slander this church, and I'm not going to yep. name them, but <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> So I was outed to one of the pastor's wife, and she 
she immediately made accusations that I was actually a homosexual man and that I was having affairs. Like, oh, wow. You know, and there was like all this wild rumors going around. Fortunately, my wife knew better. She, you know, she knows me. She knows that like, you know, really when it comes to like sexual orientation, I'm like probably closer to asexual than anything. Like I'm yeah. just, I'm not into. Um, but anyway, so like I got this message from one of the church elders and he's like, the board of elders would like to have a meeting with you. Oh, Lord. And I was like, no. <laughs> it's not funny. I tell, I try to tell people every time I start laughing, it's not because it's funny. It's just preposterous. It's horrible. Yeah. So so I was like, no, I'm not going to like step into an ambush with a bunch of people no. like ready ready to attack me. So I said, I'll meet with you one-on-one. Yeah. Not at the church. Good we'll, call. We'll, we'll meet yes. somewhere off-site neutral. Um, so we had a meeting and we talked for quite a while, but like it grew like there were accusations of like financial impropriety and what? so like he was mes- messaging me this stuff like well before the meeting so i i brought bank statements and i should like you know we've got like twenty thousand dollars cash in the bank our house is almost mm-hmm. paid off we don't owe any money on the house here's what you know i've made almost you half a million prepared. dollars in the last few years like <laughs> like we have money yep. you know i mean not to brag but like Facts are facts. But, like, to accuse me of, like, not being financially sound with my family and providing, you know, and all this stuff was was really pretty ridiculous. Could I I ask, what does that have to do with being transgender? Like, why would he, why does he care? The only reason I can think is that maybe they thought I was spending the family's money on these supposed affairs or whatever (laughs) they thought I was doing. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Um... But anyway, so long story short was I left the church. And well, even before that meeting, like the last few weeks I was there, they had guards that they never had before. Like what? Yeah, like they they screamed it in the microphone. (laughs) They they had expanded their security team, and two of these people followed me everywhere in the building, even in the bathroom. Whoa! Um, because of the assumptions that they make, (gasps) you know, that if you're transgender, you must be. Yep you know, a With, dangerous person. Yep. So, um, you know, I made the decision. I'm just not going to go back. You know, after I had this meeting with this guy, I just said, you know, I don't think this is where I, I belong. Yeah. So I was involved in another church here in town. Um, I don't think they'd mind if I said their name was Echo Hill Presbyterian. Okay. And everything went great. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some personal conflict in my, in my marriage, mm-hmm. um, about the church. And so I stopped going for a while and I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about going back. So mm-hmm. I might go back. Um, but I'm also, I was actually, even today I was trying to arrange an online meeting for some people that I know, um, cause I know people from all over the world. And mm-hmm. so I've been trying to get like an online group going where we can meet, because we're all finding the same problem where we either can't find churches that will accept us or the churches that we do find that will accept us. We're just like, you know, we don't really feel like we fit in here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, um, oh gosh, I'm still just like thinking of the security team, like the, the, the audacity. Yeah. I, I just need to take a beat. Like that's awful. Like, and and humiliate like that's that's another thing i feel like i feel like with this whole like christianity thing like being against transgender i'm like okay if you were real about wanting to bring people to your version of who jesus is 
do you think he would have approached these quote quote sinners with security detail or with these horrible (laughs) lectures like do you really think that's the most effective way to bring back his sheep (laughs) you know like that's why that's that's one of the reasons why I kind of like started to call bullshit on a lot of this church stuff is because I'm like if you wanted what you say you want out of a Christian, why are you going about it the way that you're going about it? Sure. You know? Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, the, the contemporary Western, especially American evangelical churches, what they're most alarmed about right now is the, the decrease in attendance. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. like the last five, ten years, they've just been screaming about, we're losing young people. We're, lo- we're just hemorrhaging young people. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the younger generations are just leaving in droves. And one of the biggest reasons that you see when, you know, if, if um, you know, people that have left or even, you know, now we have this term deconstructed. If, if you look at the, the interviews in the, the, the polls that have been done among these groups is one of the biggest reasons is the inability to... Um, to integrate LGBTQ people into churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they see the problem. They see like, you know, I've read the Bible and what I read is not what I see yep. in the churches today. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that it's not that the young people don't believe the church or, or don't believe the truth. Yeah. It's that they do. Yes. And when they look at what's happening in, in the church culture, they're saying, this isn't, this isn't the, this isn't the Christianity that I read about, right? You know, as a young person. Yeah. And there's this. Um, it's not an original phrase. I wish it was because I think it's brilliant. But there was this woman on TikTok who said, like, you know, our parents that prayed for us when we were young, well, mine did, um, saying like, uh, you know, dear God, please let Naomi grow up to be, um, you know, a pastor's wife and a missionary and all these things that parents dream of their Christian kids to turn into. Um, like, and, and, you know, all these, all these youth group conferences saying like, um, you know, start a revolution in your school and like, be the, be the, be the light, be the Jesus to people. And I'm like, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We are the revolution. You just don't like it. (laughs) Well, you know, and going back to the, you know, back to that thing about like the church dying, you know, I I was looking at revelation three and it's like these seven letters to the seven churches. And like one of them is, I think it's to Sardis. It says that, you know, you're dead and you don't even know it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the churches are dying and they don't realize it. Yeah. And one of the churches, and maybe you guys can look this up later and edit it back in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Alex can do it right now. Where, you know, that Jesus says, return to your first love. Yes. You know, get back to the basics. Get back to doing what you're supposed to do. Yes. And you know, I, I personally think that one of the reasons the church feels that they're dying and they're seeing a a massive decline is because there's a huge demographic of people out there that they should be reaching with love. Yeah. And instead of reaching them with love, they're, they're reaching their fists out in hate and just beating them. Um, I think one of the, um, this is, I don't necessarily have any biblical verses to back this up, but one of my like personal beliefs that I carry to my core is one of the truest forms of worshiping is being who God created you to be, just yep. being yourself. Like even the yeah. rocks will cry out, God says. Right, right. Um, a rock being nothing but a rock is 
is beautiful to God because it's being who it's supposed to be. Right. And when the church tells us not to be who we're born to be, it's like, what do you want from me? Well, and there is a Bible verse that backs it up. It says, God desires truth in the inward parts. Thank you for that. (laughs) You know, God doesn't want us to be pretenders. Yeah. And, you know, when you see the, when Jesus says, woe to you hypocrites, you know, in the New Testament, you know, that hypocrite word, it means an actor. It means somebody who's putting on a facade, a costume, who's, yeah. you know, pretending to be something they're not. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to try to explain my ideas behind, like, why I am the way I am, why mm-hmm. anybody's the way they are. Yeah. Except that, you know, if we believe Christianity, if, if you happen to be a person who believes the biblical account, the whole world is full of disorder. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it says that nothing is unaffected by it. Yeah. All of creation is the term that it uses. And that includes things like sexual orientation. It includes gender identity. It includes birth defects. It includes, yeah. you know, all kinds of things that we have no control over. Yep. And, you know, just like that blind man, you know, why, why was I born with, you know, this particular form of brokenness? Yeah. Um, my aunt or my wife has an aunt who wrote a really good book. It's called, um, uh, I have to think for a second, His Majesty and Brokenness. And so this lady is born without legs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like she, she writes, she, she writes her life's account about like going through all the difficulties of living with that and being an outcast and like thinking she's never going to get married because that was something that was really important to her. And, you know, and it, through all that, she came to have a deeper love and appreciation of God and also of other people, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I can say, had I not had the struggles I have, I wouldn't have been able to, to reach out and to help other people. And I also wouldn't yeah. have been able to accept and to get the help I needed from other people that I would yes. have said, no way. Yes. Like th- those people, they're, they're not people I need to associate with. Yep. You know, when I was, when I came to a point where it was like, I'm not better than anybody mm-hmm. and I need to just drop this whole thing of, you know, and like we could do a whole show about toxic masculinity, but like, please come back to yeah, talk about yeah. this. <laughs> but like having to grow up, like trying to be a guy was, it was hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause you gotta act certain ways. But, um, when you show vulnerability and you're finally okay with it, mm-hmm. Things can finally happen, and and they did. Yes. And I, God, I just think that that is like the overarching theme of this podcast is, you know, all of these topics and issues that I hope to talk about with people. Um, At the core is, is vulnerability. I feel like if we all, including myself, had a more generous dose of vulnerability every day, we would understand or at least be moving in the right steps to understand these things that we don't. And we would love more people. We would understand more people. The world would be a much calmer, beautiful place. It would, it could be a utopia. Like just think of it, you know? Um, So with that, I, God, I just want to keep talking forever, but we're, we're reaching the close, close to being, um, you know, we need to wrap this up soon. Um, it's going to get hot in this little vocal booth soon as well. So I would like to transition us to um, 
the, I need a better name for it, but we're we're just going to move into the homework portion of this episode. Okay. So I want to be able to give people tangible, like real easy, anybody can do this kind of homework um, based around every every topic that we talk about on the podcast. So um, it might sound super simple, but um, what can somebody do? Like even even if they are 100% supportive of um, transgender folks and then also people who are feeling a little uh, about the whole issue, what are some things that we could do to, as a collective community, to um, uh, move us in the right direction. Like part of me thinks like, well, maybe if there's more, maybe if there was more like uh, representation out there, like just make it not such a a crazy thing when we see it, you know? Sure. Um, or uh, I'm, I'm stammering because I think you know what I mean and I don't need to explain right, it anymore. Right. So go for it. So I think if you're questioning like, how can I be a better advocate or how can I, um, better educate myself so I can make an informed decision mm-hmm. is educate yourself about the facts of what is gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause that's something that most transgender people deal with mm-hmm. and understand like the medical science behind it. Yeah. You know, like what causes gender dysphoria? There's a lot of information out there. What does the treatment path look like? You know, as far as, you know, hormones, um, surgeries, you know, there's also non-transitioning. There are people that just don't transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then of course there's exposure, like, you know, just like know somebody who happens right. to be transgender. Yeah. Um, but like, as an example, there's a pastor down in Texas and he actually did help me. I talked to him a little bit early on. Uh, his name's Mark Wingfield. He's a Southern Baptist minister who was approached with this question mm-hmm. in, in by his, his church leadership team. And it, it, it just so happened they had like some geneticists and some biomedical researchers and people among their congregation cool. who were engaged in this research. And he went to them and said, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. I'm a pastor. I don't know anything about this stuff. And, you know, and it's amazing. You can find his like TED Talks and stuff online. And he talks about how, you know, he went through the education process and learned a lot about why transgender people are the way they are, mm-hmm. what the you know what their treatments are like, you know, and all that stuff, um, and it totally changes outlook on things. And yeah. and him and his congregation have actually become an amazing help and support. So yes, um, you know, I'd say educate yourself, like, yes. and not not just like on the Bible and what it says. You know, treat it like you would cancer, treat it like you would diabetes, treat it like you would any other um, medical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are biological factors involved and you need to understand what those are. Yeah. So yes. that you can, you know, make an informed decision about, well, how, how does that intersect with what I believe? Yep. Can I, I want to ask you a, a quick question that I maybe should have asked before this homework, but what you said during the homework section is uh, a spurred a question. Like uh, you said, you mentioned this pastor in Texas, right? You said, yep. What, um, after having so much hurt from people in the church, what made you keep pursuing people like the lady that you said was a minister at the beginning of the episode and this guy and the pastor in Texas, like why, how, how are you, how are you still, um, 
able to seek help or seek wisdom or just trust people that are part of a community that hurt you? Well, one of the things that I came to understand early on was gender dysphoria doesn't care what you believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know people who are Christians. I know people who are atheists. I know people who are Buddhists. I know people who are agnostic. I know people across the board who, you know, experience this. Yeah. And, you know, I had to separate that from, from what I believe, you know, as far as faith wise. And, um, try not to get off track here, but (laughs) can you repeat the question? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm wondering how, like, since, since so many people in the church hurt you, like why, Oh, why did I continue? Yeah. Why, why are you seeking out help from people who are still part of that community? Well, what I believe didn't change mm-hmm. as far as my faith. Yeah. Like I, I still consider myself a Christian, even if, you know, I might use terms like deconstructing or I might say, you know, maybe I don't identify with terms like evangelical anymore. Yeah. Um, because I still believe the basics about who Jesus is. Yeah. I still believe the basics behind the message that, that he gave. Yep. Um, you know, what changed was my interpretation of culture, its place in church. Culture, yeah. Yep. And so I was like, well, you know, and having encountered some other people who were in the same place I was, you know, sharing those ideas with each other, like, mm-hmm. you start finding out you're not alone. Yep. You find out that there are other people who are like, you know what? I still have the same faith. I still believe in Jesus. I still believe in the Bible. Yeah. But I don't believe that Jesus and the Bible say and do the things that I used to believe. Yep. Um, I think like finding the, finding the, I think there's little sects to communities sometimes. Like I think there's always like those closeted people like in the church that are like, yeah, I think that's bullshit too. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I don't believe that anymore either. And they're too scared to whatever it is to come out and admit it. Right, right. But when you do, you're like, oh, there's a lot more of me than I thought there were. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes sense to me. Like I, I had this whole like throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. and my therapist told me not to do that and like just <laughs> take piece by piece and, and yeah. form it how I need to. It kind of sounds like that's what you right. did as well. Well, you know, and also understanding, like, why is the culture the way it is and how did it get there? How did, yeah. Like, there's a lady named Kathy Baldock who has some great videos on YouTube where she talks about the language and the words that are in their modern translations. Yeah. And the history of how we got there and how the, the culture changed and how a lot of this is really pretty recent, like World War II era. And that really helped. Yeah. Like, understanding that the focus of all the anger and the angst and hatred towards certain groups. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty recent. Yeah. And like getting back before that and looking at the way church history treated certain people, it wasn't always like it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For better or worse in some cases. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. It, uh, culture. I think culture is such a huge portion it is. of this whole discussion yeah. with, with, with the church and what to do with it now. I, um, God, like I said before, I want to go into, I have so many questions and so many bunny trails that I want to go on. I hope you will come back again um, to talk about more stuff with me. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I I want to um, 
kind of tie this whole thing up in a little bow with another portion of vulnerability that we call, um, what do we call it? Two, two, two wins and a fail. Here we go. Okay, so vulnerability, being real, um, it truly helps you find your community. It helps you find your pod of people. Um, I want everyone to know <laughs> that just because, like, I'm doing this podcast now, um, I I mean, Katie certainly sounds like an expert in everything that's coming out of your mouth. However, I am not. I am uh, learning and failing um, every moment of the day <laughs> sometimes. So, but I feel like when we share that shit with people, um, it helps other people come out of the woodwork like we're, we talked about yep. just a second ago. So I, um, doesn't have to do with any, it doesn't have to do with anything with our topics. I, um, would encourage us to now, uh, share our two wins and a fail. I will go first and I will let you finish up. Um, I, I had to, I don't get into it, but one of my wins that I'm super proud of is I had this really like, uh, I had this project at work that nobody wanted to take on because no one was qualified to do it, including myself. And they're just like, hey, like, you're good with Google searches. How about you do it? I'm like, fine. And it took months. <laughs> and um, last week, I was finally able to check it off of my list. I felt super proud of myself. Granted, all of it was from, like, asking people for help and getting on Google and stuff. But I did it. And it was, like, this little boost of confidence that um, – I made myself valuable in the workplace, <laughs> which felt great. Um, my second win is I, um, for the past like year or so, I uh, I went through a really crappy transition um, in my life with uh, a relationship, and um, even though I was, I'm glad to be past that. It has sucked me dry with creativity. Like I just don't want to create. I'm too tired because I've been doesn't matter but uh I just don't want to and so I had been not booking photo shoots such as a big part of my income um and so this this family reached out to me I've done their photo shoots in the past and they're like hey will you do my daughter's senior photo shoot I'm like yeah sure and um so I'm like driving up to the shoot I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> and I set up all my gear and damn it it was a fantastic shoot it was amazing and it like whether they like their photos or not, I freaking loved them. I was proud of myself and it kind of gave me this little burst of like, you're still alive, remember? You know, and it made me feel, it made me feel good. Now let's get into my failures. <laughs> so, oh God, there's so many things to pick, to pick from. <laughs> but one, one thing that I have been trying to uh, kind of wrap my head around is a certain habit that I have. It's not bad, but it's something that I want to have a little more under control. Um, and I'm failing at it miserably. <laughs> like I have not set up any uh, like uh, what do you call it like um, like goals. Um, I have not set up any like tangible ways to get to the result that I want. And I know this and I'm not setting up those goals because I really don't want to break the habit if I get down to it. Um, so that's something that I'm struggling with. And hopefully um, in the weeks to come, I will be able to put that in my win category eventually. I don't want to share what it is to everybody. Um, 
we all have degrees of vulnerable vulnerability and that's one that I'm going to keep in my back pocket for a little while. <laughs> but yeah, I hope to one day put this failure into my win category. It might take me a month or two, but stay, stay tuned on that people. Um, <laughs> why don't we, why don't we transition to you? If you would like, you don't have to, but sure. if you would like. Okay. So, so what am I sharing here? So I, I encourage guests if they want to, to share Something that they've uh, recently won at, even if it's like, hey, I got to work on time. (laughs) Or if, and and then also, if you are willing to share something that you are um, not quite there with yet, and just kind of in the hopes of of, um, showing people that we don't have it figured out completely. We're learning. We screw up. We're trying. Okay. So... Oh boy, there's been a lot of things that have been wins. Good. Um, I think the biggest one was transitioning in the professional world. Oh yeah, that was a huge source of anxiety for me. And like, are people you know? Because I'm in business to business sales, I'm in front of executives and stuff like all the yeah. time. Yeah. You know, will people accept me? Will people like? I don't want to do business with this freak anymore. Oh, you know yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And um so like my go live like hi everybody i'm trans was in january this year and fresh and it turned out to be a non-event like oh my customers have been great good they they don't really um i haven't had anybody express any like discomfort i've even had like some really positive feedback from customers who like didn't know i was trans i guess yeah (laughs) you know they're like somebody else told them they're like oh my goodness, we didn't know, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and they're like, please don't feel like you, you know, you need to be afraid or, or anything. Oh, you know? that's so, wonderful. So that was really cool. That yeah. was really cool. Um, it's quite different from that church experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super different. Gosh. Um, I think the other on the fail side would be finding a, a faith community that I can be involved in Yeah, and, and stay there. Um, you know, I might go back to the, to the Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. It's really not a problem with the church. It's a problem between my spouse and I and some, some disagreements we had. Sure. Um, but I want to get that resolved. Yeah. So perhaps that will be in the win category. Yeah. It, it's just, it's been going on longer than I think it should. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's in the loss category. I, I would love it if you would come back to do an episode about toxic masculinity with me. <laughs> Her eyebrows yeah, we, went up. We can, um, yeah, we can discuss that. That's, there's a lot we could we could probably make an entire channel about. Right? <laughs> that could be our bonus content for the LAS Plus go. subscribers. <laughs> I um, I am so glad that each and every one of you has decided to tune in to the ruckus today, and it it, it really does mean a lot to me um, because I'm trying to you know, make up for things that I should have been better at in the past. And I'm trying to move forward with doing what I can with informing people and being vulnerable. That's the word. Please keep joining me. Have a, have a little ruckus in your own little life. Um, do good. Change people's minds. Try to be nicer than I am when you, when you do it. I want to thank uh, Katie, first of all, for well, I think was a brilliant conversation. Um, I want to thank the LA, LAS Podcast Network 
um, for producing the ruckus. Along with all these other really great podcasts that I really, I really think you should check out. There's more than me out there. So uh, go to laspodcastnetwork.com to find out uh, if, if, if there's a whole bunch of other podcasts from local Cedar Rapids um, contributors that you can get on board with. If you, like we said at the beginning of the episode, if you want to, like, you know, support us further than just giving us five-star ratings and telling your friends about us, consider supporting us on LAS Plus. Um, where you can get bonus content, um, you can get perks, yeah, before anybody else. Go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus for more information on that. Again, thank you, each and every one of you. We're going to get out of here. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Make good choices. I love you. Some more than others. Okay, bye! The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.